Welcome to another, well, wait, not just another episode. Welcome to the 100th episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, the father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, and I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Son, and it's finals week for me here in uh, in film school, and I'm uh, kind of ashamed to admit that I probably spent just as much time studying for my business class as I did deliberating whether or not I should include a Lucio Fulci movie in my top ten of all time. <laughs> what do you Tough think, call. buddy? It's 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 our hundredth, buddy. What do you think? That's insane. Yeah, it's taken us almost three and a half years, but we're here at episode 100, and it feels kind of like a homecoming uh, because our first episode was our t- was a top ten list, but it was our top ten of 2018. Uh, uh, so now here we are talking about our top 10 of all time, um, which is exciting. But yeah, episode 100. It feels it feels like we, we like simultaneously we should have hit it by now, but also like how are we already at 100? Um, and then I remember that uh, we've done all these tribute series with a bunch of great guests on. And it just brings me back, really, to think about all those episodes. Uh, but uh, here's to 100 more, I guess. Uh, and um, I don't know, God knows how long that'll take us, but uh, we're here at 100. We did it. We, we, we can at least say that. That's right. And we are a spoiler podcast. We do spoil the movies we discuss. But as Jackson said, we're not just discussing a movie, but our top 10 horror movies of all time. But don't worry, this won't be lengthwise an LOTC episode or now a Jay of the Dead's new horror movie podcast linked episode. We will try to keep this as tight as we can, but it is appropriate that I mention LOTC and Jay of the Dead's new horror podcast because we have two guests for our 100th episode. Our very first guest and a gent who has one of the most uh, frequent guests as well as one of our earliest. We have first the man with the coolest name in horror podcasting, Mr. Greg Amortis. Yeah, what's up, brothers? Man, super excited. First of all, congratulations. 100, what a milestone. Pearl and I are saying high claps in the air, dude. Great job. Love you and Jackson, so thank you for the invite. This is exciting. This is this is, this is is epic, dude. Yeah, and we were just talking off air. I mean, we were talking about our top 10. My top 10's been out there for a long time on Letterboxd. Nobody's going to be that going to be surprised uh, jackson's however is kind of shrouded in mystery dave's put his out there but greg you just remind us you've never released your top 10 no i did it i'll take that i did do an episode way back in the day early on lotc with dr dirty i did a top 10 back then i don't even remember what it was honestly <laughs> i don't i don't count because i don't like to do lists so uh, but I did one for the show. It's in honor of you guys, and it's there. It'll be there. It'll be archived, and it'll probably change a million times. But you know, it's here. There. This. This is not an LOTC episode. We're not going to run 17 hours tonight. So let's <laughs> just keep it to the cuff. <laughs> oh man! And of course, we have uh, also one of our earliest guests and one of our most often recurring guests: the man, the myth, the legend, Dave Doctor Shock Becker. How are you, buddy? I am so happy to be here, to be invited to the 100th episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. It is an extreme honor. And yes, to talk about top 10 horror films, um, I've mentioned, you know, I've talked about my top 10 on previous podcasts, but I've changed it. Oh, my top 10 has altered from previous podcasts. So I'm looking forward to sort of delving into this tonight. And yes, of everybody's, it is Jackson's who I am most interested to hear. 
<laughs> oh yeah, I I agree because we 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 kind of know what our what our number ones are. I but, uh, if if anybody out there doesn't know what Greg's and my number one are going to be, they just haven't been paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Sound of the Music is such a great movie, though, guys. You gotta defend it. It is. It is. And when it comes to the horror uh, of, uh, of those Lederhosen, <laughs> I go back to one of the few lines worth repeating from Airplane Two. William Shatner, give me a file on anyone who's seen The Sound of Music more than three times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, my favorite William Shatner quote is that is no bridge. Why the hell are I notified about these things? <laughs> Do you know the Zucker brothers have never seen Airplane 2? What? Really? The are you creators kidding me? of Airplane have never seen Airplane 2. I, I heard an interview on Gilbert Gottfried's podcast, which is appropriate, given that he recently passed, and Jackson and I paid tribute to him on our on yep. a Patreon episode. But um, he was on, one of the Zucker brothers was on with Gilbert and Frank Santo Padre. He said, I've never seen it. He said, wow. I've been flipping around, I've seen it. Was it not a Zucker brothers movie? No. Nope. Wow. I saw that. I saw both of them. I saw the first airplane and the second airplane on the big screen. And yes, the second airplane just basically recycles a lot of the jokes from the first one. Yes. But it still kind of worked. There, there was something about it that I thought was was pretty cool. I honestly didn't know until this moment that it wasn't a Zucker Brothers movie. Nope, not a Zucker Brothers movie. They had nothing to do with it. They were going on to do Police Story or Police Squad. And then they uh. did Top Secret. Yes, and they had okay. nothing to do with it. So nope, 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 wow. nope. But anyway, um, uh, I just got a message from Gilman Joel. He's going to try to jump on, and so he'll nice. be joining us as well. So what we'll do is we will go round robin quickly through our top ten, and then we will circle back and talk about them. So let's start here. Um, I'm interested to know this. I I thought that I had listened to just about every episode of Land of the Creeps, but I don't remember the episode you did with you did your top ten. Maybe it's changed, Greg. <laughs> Greg Amortis, the man, the myth, the legend. Yes, let's hear your top I, ten I horror movies. I can't wait because I think Greg's is the second most. Uh, anticipated for me because I know I know what a couple of them are going to be, but I don't know what the full ten are going to be. Well, now that you told me you've changed yours, Dave, I'm I'm I know. that too. But me too, man. Like totally. Like now I'm thinking like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, X is in his top ten now. I know what it is. When I do lists, they're constantly <laughs> like I have out on my blog. I have top ten lists from um, from the years 2019 from 1931 to 2019 every year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, let's be honest, some of those years, like in the 40s and such, I might have seen 13 movies. So they're the top 10 of 13 movies that I've seen. <laughs> so each time I see another movie, if it's good enough, I might alter the list a little bit. Well, when it comes to my top 10 horror films, there was one that always irked me that I left it off. And it not only did it make my list, it ended up making it like it, it jumped ahead of several others. Oh, wow. It didn't just come in at number 10. It jumped ahead of several it's others. It's building, Matt Jackson. I hear it. I, 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 oh. And we're joined now by Gilman Joel. There Gilman he is. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, Gil. Hey. Why did I say All Gil? Right. I should say Joel. Gil. Yeah. Just call me Gil. <laughs> Gilly Gil. Gilly Gil. Gil again. Gil again. Yeah. like somebody you buy a washer from from Sears back in 1987. <laughs> yeah, Gil. Um, <laughs> 
Well, buddy, we've been recording. We are getting ready to do our top 10. So Greg Amortis is about to reveal his top 10. Okay. And we're going to run through it quickly. And then everybody's going to reveal their top 10. Then once everybody kind of quickly reveals their top 10, then we can circle back and talk about whatever we want to talk about. How's that sound? That sounds good to me. All right, Greg, go for it. Let's hear it, man. Number. Can I do it in my... In a world. You do it, oh. however. <laughs> Number 10. Number 10. 10 in the world. Where there's action in. Number 10. Halloween. Number 9. Halloween. Number 8. <laughs> okay, I got to quit. I got to quit. Uh, but that's it, true. No, here it is. All right. Number 10. It could be I, that. If you're, talk, if you're talking Rob <laughs> Zombie, if you're talking 2018, it's possible. Yeah, yeah that ain't making. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's my deal. Here's my deal. My list is, is, is I, I told you, Matt, I don't do top 10 lists, and there's a reason for that. I don't like to listen. So here we go. What I did was just pick ones off the top of my brain and said, hey, deserves to be there. Here they are. Number 10 is 1985's Day of the Dead. My nice. favorite of the zombie. Uh, yes. Number nine, which should have been way higher, but didn't, 1982's The Entity. Number Ooh. eight. Is 1981's classic, An American Werewolf in London. Ow! Nice. Yeah. Number seven, should have been number two, but it didn't get there, is 1980's Motel Hell. Oh, wow. number wow. seven. That's a shock. Yes. Yes. I'm that is down at number seven. That is a shock. I'm going to tell you why, because number six is 1974's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yes. Oh, there you go. 1975, the movie that scared me. Bejeebas into the water. I will never go in the water is 1975's Jaws. Nice. Number four is the classic 1980, The Shining, where I'll never go to a cold hotel and stay overnight. Uh, I don't don't go to cold terrains anyway, but yeah. (laughs) My wife got to go to the Overlook before I did. She visited the hotel a few weeks ago. I know, I know, I know, but go ahead. I'm sorry. You there, Greg? I don't hear him. Yeah, yeah, my cup. I don't hear him either. There we go. There we go. Go There he is. All right. right, Go for it. The suspense was there because the top. He got he got sucked into the he got sucked into the room two three seven. (laughs) Yeah, that damn. (laughs) Number three is 1982's Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. My favorite Uh franchise. That's for you, Matt. I I had to put Friday the Thirteenth. Wow. 1960 is number two, Psycho. And number oh, one is oh, 1978's, of course, Halloween. Can I just say what I love about Greg Amortis, and I mean this, and I, I hope you take in the compliment that it is how amazingly just populist and just you your list is like it doesn't like you're not you're not doing the highfalutin like you got i love the exorcist i think it's amazing right but i just love that you have like motel hell like you your uh, yes. list is you and i freaking love it i just i yes. love that so much greg well, thank you. i agree thank you I agree. yeah uh, that, i was just shocked that, motel hell was number what seven I, wow yeah, the hell number seven so we'll, we'll talk about that though. but i, I right. as much oh fun. yeah and those others are classics dude I I agree. I can't argue with your list. You got Psycho High up there. I love. So we'll circle back and talk about some of those, uh, especially the entity, man. Um, so 
Yo, man, Joel, you said, do you have a top 10? You hate lists. I hate, I hate it more than Greg does, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I really I hate I think them. every list, I've, every list show we did, what was it, um, uh, Joel, when we did the uh, HMP, we did the top of like each decade. I think you started every episode saying how much you hate lists. I hate them, dude. I, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to pretend that. As I, regimented I, as you are, as OCD as you I are, know. you should love I, lists. I, you know what I do when it comes to like the list I got to do, like stuff I have to get done for the day. <laughs> but if it's, but this, because here's the problem, and you guys can all relate to this. Like, for instance, I had to go through when I realized you were doing this. I had to, in approximately three and a half minutes, Matt, I did Gilman Joel's top 10 horror movies as of uh, 2022 because I checked on HMP because I couldn't even remember exactly at what order I had everything. <laughs> so I had to go back and check the website. And so as of 2019, the list is altered. And it's because it just depends on my mood. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I, but something tells me the stepfather's still in there. Oh, totally is. Yeah. But it may have changed where it's at. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I Joel, Joel, I think I have a solution for you when it comes yes. to your hatred of lists, right, yes. of movies. You yes. say you hate, like, ranking movies, but you like making, like, a chore list, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. How about you think about it like it's your birthday, right? And you gotta watch your favorite movies, but you wanna save the best for last. So that's your chore list for your birthday day. Yeah. That's how you make your top ten list of your favorite well, movies. Well, how many times can he watch Can't Buy Me Love in the- <laughs> uh, 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 negative eighteen times? That's how many times I can watch Can't Buy Me Love. And uh Jackson, just to follow up with that, I don't know, I feel like this is a term that's not as used as much today, but I remember like a lot of comics worked as like they were neurotic, right? Sure. When Alan was known for that. I, I think you could say like Seinfeld, like there, there's this like neuroses sort of vibe that people go off. I'm a neurotic when it comes to like, So what I would do, Jackson, is rather than coming up with that list on my birthday, I would be spending every waking moment leading up to said birthday going, okay, but I, I could, oh, yeah, but what if I'm, yeah, but then I could watch that. Yeah, but, that, but then I'm not watching. The, it's like the whole island movie thing. I'd rather just drown in the ocean. Like I don't want to make it to the <laughs> island. And have to go, I can only have these five movies forever because I'll be watching them and loving that I have them. And then I'll be thinking, but I'm never going to see such and such again. Yeah, I'm never that's gonna- a killer. Yeah, like at the prospect, no. you're at like, the- Joel just said he's like Woody Allen. So now I know why you can't like, you don't like Can't Buy Me Love. The cast isn't young enough or. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> one of the things, one of the things I got to say that I love about Joel, and he goes back to his days when he worked in that theater. Uh-huh. And I'm looking now, Joel, I still have those, um, th- th- those, what you sent me, Universal Soldier, The Rock. Yep. substitute that hang outside the theater. Yeah, the, the Mylars. The Mylars, yeah. They're yeah. hanging right here on my wall. Awesome. Is that you did that in like the early 90s. You have a number of 90s horror films on your list. And I love that because the 90s is always sort of looked at as, well, it wasn't the 80s. It wasn't even the 2000s. But you have, an, you have a love for a lot of the horror movies that came out in the 90s. And I think that's awesome. I do, but ironically, since I updated this three and a half minutes ago, I don't think there's a single one on here. <laughs> <laughs> really? The people under the stairs no didn't make it? Face, okay, no people under the stairs. Walkers? Here's the problem. People under the stairs is number 11 because I had oh, to make Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, th- <laughs> I was looking at my top 10 and then my original like 11 through 20 that I had done for HP, and I think there's a few on there. I'm like, how do I not have this? At like on my top 10? You know what I mean? Like that moment where you go, really? Because I watched, the problem is too, some of these movies I haven't watched in a while and then I rewatched maybe like a year ago for the first time in like seven years. So 
it's like when you revisit him, you're like, holy, I forgot how good this movie is. You know what I mean? That feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. All of that to say is some of the there's still some repeat offenders on my list, but I actually mixed it up a little bit. I, I did. I did a few things different All this time. Right. Well, OK, well, Joel, let me it, Joel, let's go. Let me okay, sorry, really Jackson, quick. Go. Let me say, here's the deal. OK, yeah. uh, you, all you got to do, you, you read us our t- your top 10 and then you can write off in your riding lawnmower. OK, and get to whatever you have to do on the rest of your day. <laughs> whatever's on your tour list. I, I like that idea, except for if I have to sit that movie again, I'd rather be run over by the <laughs> So let me get this straight. You'd rather drown in the ocean than uh, face a desert yes. island scenario, and you'd rather be run over by a lawnmower yes. than watch Can't yes. Buy Me Love. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> All right, now wow. we know where his priorities are, and let's hear his top ten. Uh, that, and, and, and fans of Retro Movie Geek will remember this is the man who picked Day of the Dolphin. Now, anyway. Joel, are you of sound mind right now? Are you of sound mind body? I, I never <laughs> am, Jackson, if we're being honest. <laughs> but I'm as sound as you're going to get. Okay. <laughs> so. All right, Joel, let's hear it, buddy. Number 10. This one is a no-brainer. I believe it was my, it, it was definitely on my top 10 before, though it has dropped a, a few spots just because I had to make room for other things. Uh, Pet Cemetery from 1989. I'm, nice. not, I'm not taking Zelda off the list, kids. That's, that's an impossibility <laughs> from the trauma of sitting there at 13 years old in the movie theater with my dad. Uh, number nine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> number nine is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Awesome. Uh, the uh, 2013 one. Okay. All right. I was gonna make an Alexandria Daddario joke, but I'm not gonna do that. So no, it's a it's a 74, of course. Beautiful. Uh, number eight, and don't get mad at me, Greg, that it's this low on my list, but it is my top ten Halloween from 1978. Okay. Oh, awesome. I love that movie. It will always be in my top ten in some way, shape, or form. Uh, number seven, and this is called a retcon, kids. I don't know if you know what a retcon is, <laughs> but a retcon <laughs> is uh, when you go back and you change things and make it seem like it was always that way. Oh, no. It's a, um, <laughs> so there was a running joke that I may have misspoken about the movie Alien. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> you, recall yes. you recall the same? I recall it very well. Uh, yes. The Gilman <laughs> faux pas of may or, I may or may not have alluded to the fact that I didn't think of it as like a total horror movie, which Having rewatched it a couple times in the in the intervening years uh, with my kids, oh no, it's a straight up baller yes. horror movie, which is why yeah. it's number seven on my list. Because it would have been nice. on my list the first go around, but because I was so neurotic about that, you know, first top ten list for HMP, I, I can't put Alien on it, but I did. Now it's there, number seven. See, <laughs> nice. All right, number six, and this one moved up the list by one, and that is Black Christmas from 1974. Uh, nice. Not that one I should have known. Yes, I know you love how much you love that movie. Yeah, yeah I want to make sure Greg knows that's not the 2019 one, Greg. Yeah, please, that's please. on my bottom <laughs> ten of all time list, Thank not the top ten. Yeah. Uh, number five. This was not in my original top ten, which is really weird. As much as I love this movie, and really as a, fr- I love the whole franchise for good and bad. Uh, and that's a Nightmare on Elm Street, kids, from 1984. Ooh. Oh, yeah. awesome. That's nice. number five. Uh, number four actually dropped one spot, but I was called out on it <laughs> before I started, and that is The Stepfather from oh, 1987. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And if I could just say, okay, it's also Stepfather 2 and maybe even Stepfather 3, but Stepfather's there. Wow. Uh, oh, not three. <laughs> I, like, I, I have the VHS of three, because other than when it occasionally shows up on streaming and then is removed. Uh, uh-huh. Terry, Terry O'Quinn or die, but go ahead. I agree with that, <laughs> but I still kind of like three for what it is. Um, Number three was my original number one, but I decided, you know what? It's always everybody's number one. And as much as I absolutely love this movie, and it will always be one of my all-time favorites, John Carpenter's number three. And my number three is John Carpenter's The Thing. That's my uh, that's wow. My number three. And that was yeah. number, wow. Yeah. That was my awesome. number one. Yeah. 
So this I can't one. Can't wait to hear the next two. Awesome. Yeah, the next two. One was from my old list, and one is uh, was on my like eleven through twenty. But again, having revisited it and watched it at the drive-in, I'm right there with Gregor Mortis. Now my number two is Psycho from 1960. Oh, All right. Wow. Yeah. Classic. Yes. I watched it at the drive-in a couple summers ago with my kids and they were at least one or two of them was actually traumatized because they it was awesome they had no idea like they didn't get it they didn't know two of the key uh, twists in that movie i, I, you know, I am jealous yeah. yeah that's really cool that's it was really like cool. my, my favorite my favorite story of you with your kids is um invasion of the body snatchers oh yeah the original, the, one the original. From the 50s. oh yeah yes. they, that's still my, my my youngest man for weeks afterwards like dad Tell me that can't happen, right? And then I would just look at him as he's going to sleep and say, no, son, it can't. There you go. And then I would just walk out with like a there blank you face. Do you and, know he, he, he old mom would do that? What's that? Peel. His mom would do that. Oh, did she? Yes. <laughs> when he was young and he would come home and he said, mom, and he'd turn around, she'd turn around and her best invasion of the body starts was, Jordan's mother isn't here anymore. <laughs> that explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. All right. So my number one was also from my original list, but I I, I watched this in a our little we have one of those uh, old old timey movie palace type places in our downtown area, and I took my oldest to see it about a year ago, uh, and that was Night of the Living Dead, 1968. Nice. Awesome. Very cool. I, I that movie I saw when I was 11 years old. And it just, it was awesome then. It's awesome now. I, I saw it. I, I got it as a birthday gift when I was, uh, for my, what, 16th birthday. A friend of mine bought me the video. And mm -hmm. yeah, I'm with you. That is Which version, amazing. Dave? Which version? Yeah. There was about a... I have, I have no them. idea. It's a video version. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it's all public domain. Of course. You know, because, because poor George Romero uh, made the mistake of changing the title without actually yep. copywriting it. Uh, so at the minute it played in the theater, it became public domain. As long as it wasn't the colorized version. No, it wasn't uh, the colorized version. It was black and white. It was a videotape bought in, in a, in a um, $3 bin at Kmart by a friend of mine for my birthday. I didn't hold it against him and only paid $3 for my gift because I love the movie so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic. All righty. Well, that oh, that's surprising. So yeah. let's go to Dave and then I'll do mine. And then because we're all in suspense for Jackson and, and Joel's <laughs> got limited time, we'll get to that. So, Dave, let's hear your top 10 list. Would you say you've changed? All right. It has changed. It has changed yeah. a little bit. Um, but um, so some things have moved down. And the, the movie that I added is actually uh, it's at number six. So anyway. Number 10 is a film I saw in the theater when I was 12 years old, Poltergeist. Nice. Excellent. Great movie. Number nine is my favorite of the universal horror films, Frankenstein, 1931. Yeah. Number eight is Sam Raimi's, the original, 1982's The Evil Dead. Yeah, which we covered together on our first time yes. we podcasted together. Yes, yeah. we did. Absolutely. Yep. Number seven is a movie that cost me over $50 to buy it on videotape, and it took me two weeks to save up enough to buy it, 1922's Nosferatu. Wow. Another one Here, we've covered together. <laughs> yes, we have, right. Yep, yep. Number six, here's the addition. Here's the new one, and it's one that, actually, Greg had mentioned, Steven Spielberg's Jaws. Ah, nice. 
That one, I just realized I couldn't believe I didn't have, you know, as I watch it. That's a movie I watch every single year. As it approaches the summer season, I watch Jaws every single year. Now we're getting into the top five. These haven't changed much, which means they haven't changed at all. <laughs> Number five is 1987's Hellraiser. Mm-hmm. Number four, it's a little higher than Joel's, uh, Greg, so I hope you can cut me a little slack, is Halloween 1978. I'll overlook it. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, though, is my favorite John Carpenter film, 1982's The Thing. Yeah. So I have John Carpenter 3-4 on my list. <laughs> All right, number two is my favorite of George Romero's Living Dead uh, films, Dawn of the Dead, 1978. Number one, What's do number I need one? to say it? Yeah, I think you do, Dave. We're on the edge of our seat. Okay. Yeah. Oh, everyone, is, yeah, wait, hold on. Does Vince it have Needles next generation? For me to say my number Does, one is next generation in the in the title at all? <laughs> right. <laughs> How come every time I'm on a podcast, someone brings up that goddamn movie? Because we'll get a reaction out of you. That's why. <laughs> my number one, 1974's The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Whoop whoop. whoop. Yep. There it is. There you go. That's a shock. My number two (laughs) film of all time, just behind The Godfather, Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is in my top five movies of all time, not just horror, of all time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so The Godfather's number one. Um, By the way, uh, Joel, have you seen The Godfather? I've seen The Godfather. It's been a very long time. And uh, The Godfather Godfather 2... I have never seen it in its entirety. Oh, this wow. is why I like to I like to bust Joel's chops because <laughs> yeah. he and I went through a similar thing. I've heard him talks like we went through a, a period where we we're both film snobs. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it was in the '80s. For you, it was in the '90s. Mm-hmm. And it's like then he's like, "But I've never seen The Deer Hunter." Yeah, I've never seen The Deer Hunter. When I was when I was in film, so I was like, "Okay, I have to see every single Oscar-winning picture." Sure, I have to. You know, yeah, back like, then I would just lie. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. No, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, saw, you know what? It's funny. I saw the, the, the Deer Hunter is the first R-rated movie I ever saw, and I saw it on broadcast TV. They actually showed it uncut on a UHF channel here in Philadelphia oh. because it was considered such a powerful film. And every time it came back from commercial, there were warnings. You know, warning, this movie has explicit language and violence and what whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, guidance is, is suggested, uh, but the deer hunter before we ever got cable, yeah. the deer hunter is the first R rated movie I ever saw on television. That's amazing. And, and Jackson, you've seen it, right? Cause I bought you the Blu-ray. Yeah. Yeah. I watched the deer hunter. It was, I was expecting to have to split it up into a couple viewings because it's so long, yeah. but, uh, you know, I, w- and I was really hesitant. I was like, Oh, this wedding's going on for a while. But, uh, <laughs> but once I got Not as long as the wedding in the Godfather. For that's, that's, true. that's true. It could have been worse, but yeah, I got, once I was hooked, I was hooked and I was there all the, the entire time. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, did. I may I may have cried. I won't I will not uh, will will neither confirm nor deny that the fact that I'm bringing it up is kind of suspicious. Um, and so. Michael Cimino, Michael Cimino is a is a genius. And I'm going to say it right now. Gates of Heaven is a great movie. Yeah. OK. 
here's the I wait is it Gates back, of Heaven? What is Heaven's it? Gate? What is it? No. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Gates of Heaven is the documentary. Yeah, it's it's underrated. But that being said, when we were to give a shout out to Joel's podcast, uh, Retro Movie Geek, when Jackson and I were on covering Footloose, at one point Michael Cimino was attached to Footloose. Really? And he wanted to triple the budget and turn it into this existential film. <laughs> wow. And Pitchford was like, uh, no. That's <laughs> you awesome. Get, and you know what? You one of my favorites is Mike, Mike, Michael Cimino turned down Pope of Greenwich Village. Because hmm. he said it wasn't a movie that really fit his uh, sort of fit his style, which I thought was amazing. Yeah. I love the Pope of Greenwich Village. And Dave, you're right. He's a genius, but he also, his ego sometimes eclipses his better judgment. Well, yes. He should have probably done both of those. Which yes. is so odd, <laughs> which is so odd to hear about in, in Hollywood, that that would happen. Yeah, always. Yeah. Never happens yes. Hollywood. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. All right. My top 10 real quick, and then we'll get to Jackson's, which I'm really eager to hear. Me too. Um, number 10, the movie that saved horror for me in the 90s, Scream. And uh, nice. 1996, number nine, Joel brought it up, Alien from 1979, oh, Ridley Scott classic. Number eight, a lot of people say this isn't a horror movie. I disagree. It's Silence of the Lambs from 1991. I'm with okay. you. All right, good. I'm glad I got somebody who's got my back. <laughs> um, yeah, me too. I have your back as well. Number seven, John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice. Number six, the most recent one, the one that changed my list in 2017, Jordan Peele's Get Out. Okay. Oh, nice. Yep. Uh, number five, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 1974. Beautiful. Number four, and I've been to these steps too, Joel, The Exorcist from 1973. Wow. Number three, sorry, Greg, Halloween from 1978 is number three. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that that Joel had his solo. Dave went a little higher, and you're a little higher, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. every, every single uh, mention of Halloween gets a little bit higher. That's <laughs> right. So Jackson has got to be number one. Right? I said Jackson goes, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jackson's looking, oh, where, where the hell could I put Halloween on my list? <laughs> hey, 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 look, if nothing else, Greg, Jay of yeah. the Dead couldn't be on, and Jay thinks this movie is not – had doesn't have a high rewatchability factor. Right. Yes, he does think that, and he's. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how much you know, it, Greg. You're now on Jay the Dead's new horror movies, and yeah. it's amazing how 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 um, I guess uh, opposing your views are. Yeah, <laughs> on a lot of films. <laughs> let's let's talk the Terminator. Let's talk Halloween. Let's talk yeah. the village. Hey, let's talk the village. The village. Oh, piece of turd. But I mean, Jay, love you. <laughs> we love you, Jay. We do. Yes, we absolutely. Do. We love Jay. My number two is the reason I have never been in the ocean since the late 70s, and I never will be. It's a marketing scam, folks. It is filled <laughs> with fish poop, pollutants, cold water, and man-eating dinosaurs. I will never go in the ocean. It is Jaws, number two. And let me and, say, I heard the episode where you and Jackson were going back and forth, how Jackson says he does go in the ocean, and Matt, you yes. were saying you don't. I'm with Jackson. Yeah. Every year when I go down to the Jersey Shore, I get in the ocean, and that water is freaking dirty. You can't even see <laughs> exactly what's, what's in there. I step on things that immediately when I put my foot down, I pull it up and say, what the hell was that? Exactly. <laughs> Dark. Yes, but I still go in the ocean. I'm Dave, with Jackson on that no, one. I go no. in the ocean. 
Dave, it is the Jersey Shore, so there is a good possibility you're stepping on human remains. <laughs> I'm going to throw that out there. It's a possibility. Jimmy Hoffa that and that kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dave, Dave, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news, Dave Becker has stepped on the skull of Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> I stepped on Jimmy Hoffa's skull, yes. <laughs> no, you don't go in the ocean. I'm sorry. Okay, let me be a theologian for a second. If God puts man-eating Anything and anywhere, it means you're not meant to come you're here. You're about to be there. It's a side <laughs> well, that, That's why I surround myself with other people. I keep make sure there are people in front of me. So if I see them go down, I can get the hell out. Right. <laughs> you better get yourself surrounded by really obese, slow people. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, thank you. And of course, number one is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, which changed my life and sent me on a trajectory, a healthy trajectory, where I ran away from home and ran to Hollywood. But anyway. <laughs> 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 you know, nothing like a 16-year-old driving to Hollywood by himself. Um, <laughs> and it was Psycho that sent you there. Yeah, I saw That's it at 12 awesome. years old. That's it great. was the first movie where I ever, where I ever watched where I was like, because, you know, I, I loved Star Wars. I conned my way into seeing Star Wars on opening night when I was five years old because my brother, my older brother, Brian, That's had a good great. looking girl, which he always did because he was a musician. And, <laughs> you know, and and I, I went to her and looked sad. I was five. She goes, what's wrong, honey? And I looked like Nicholas from 80s Enough at the time. I had the same bowl haircut and everything. And I walked enough. up there. You're, Yo, you're, yeah. you're doing a you're doing psycho Star Wars and eight is enough. I All know. In the same hey, story. I was, I was wow. 70, I turned 50 <laughs> next weekend, man. And so I walk up to her. She's like, what's wrong, honey? I was like, I want to see Car Wars. And I, cause I had a, I had a lisp at the time. And she goes, she looks up at my brother. She goes, we are taking your brother to see Star Wars on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as I loved it, psycho when I was 12 years old, was the first time it was the scene with Martin Balsam on the steps. Yes. And that and is I an went, amazing sequence. The way it's it, shot. It's incredible. It's stylized. I, it's not uh, realistic, but it works. And I, the way I, I Hitchcock just, shot it, oh, it works. I would, at 12, I went, wait a minute. How did they do that? Yes. And literally the next day, it was a Sunday afternoon. I watched it. Monday, uh, Monday afternoon after school, I was on my Huffy bike going to the public library, getting every Hitchcock book I could to try to figure out how did they do that shot. And that sent me on that trajectory. That's awesome. That's really cool. And Hitchcock was one of the first uh, movie books I ever owned as well. He was, oh, he was well. one of my triumvirate. He was one of my top three directors. It was Steven Spielberg, um, Alfred Hitchcock and Mel Brooks. And I met Steven Spielberg, but we may circle back to that after we get to Jackson's list because that Ooh, was yes. Let's, well, it was a disaster. That was a disaster. I hadn't read the Jaws log. I hadn't seen any special features, and I brought up how Jaws I thought was a near perfect movie, and he rubbed his took off his hat, rubbed his hair, and said that movie nearly killed me. And I thought, way to go, Rawlings. <laughs> <laughs> I remember what was it in um, in uh, Easy Riders Raging Bulls. Well, Richard Dreyfuss is talking about he was walking down a street in New York and he saw Steven Spielberg coming yep. the other way. And it was 1975 and Spielberg was supposed to be shooting Jaws. He was supposed to be doing the end. He was supposed to be finishing it up. And Richard went up to him and said, Stephen, what are you doing here? Why, why aren't you shooting? You know, why aren't you in uh, Hollywood? Why aren't you, you know, finishing Jaws? And Spielberg, with a manic look in his eye, just says, I can't. I just can't. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it went way over budget, and he was afraid they were going to throw him in the water. By the way, Steven Spielberg also does not go in the ocean. Um, wow. I read an interview with one of his best friends. They were in, He ha owns a beach house in Hawaii. They're like, hey, Steven, let's go into the water. And he's like, no, I don't go in the water. And he said, <laughs> why? 
And Stephen said they're waiting. Well, because for he me. spent all of 1975 in the water. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, he said he said they're waiting for me. He does not go <laughs> in the water. So, all right, this is the big reveal. I know Joe's got to uh, jump off soon, but Jackson, there we go. Yeah. What is your top ten? Okay, my, my yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately, I'm going to spoil it now. No Godzilla movies uh, as, uh, as of right now. Um, uh, Although I have been watching uh, kaiju movies, I've been watching Gamera movies nice. uh, because I'm, I've got a guest spot coming up on a podcast that I'm studying for. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, okay, here's my top 10 horror movies as of uh, April 2022. <clears throat> Number 10, The Lighthouse from 2019. Wow. Uh, wow, that's the most recent so is- far. Yes, this is the newest movie on any of our lists, on my list uh, for the rest of it. It's the newest movie. Robert Eggers. Perfect, yeah, perfect psychological horror. I love The Witch, but I think Eggers perfected the formula with this one. I can't wait to see The Norseman. Um, and uh, I watched this with you, Dad, for the first time, and then I watched yep. it that same day again with my cousin Colin. Uh, watched it twice the same day. And watching this movie twice in a row, I mean, you got to really love it. Um, so. watching, watching Willem Dafoe walk around farting, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get enough. Had to watch it again. So that's my number 10. My number 9 is Hatchet for the Honeymoon from 1970, which is a Mario Bava movie. Wow. Yes. Out of all Bava. the Bava's movies, do, let me just ask, do you have another Bava movie? I do not. This is the wow. only Bava so movie I have. So Hatchet for the Honeymoon is your Bava choice. That's yes. awesome. I did a... Uh, uh, Mario Bava Marathon uh, about a year ago, and uh, this didn't rank high initially, but um, I, upon rewatch and like spending more time with it, I mean, I wrote a song about it. I love the song so much, uh, and I performed it live, too, a Hatchet for the Honeymoon song, if you can believe that. Um, but uh, I love everything about it. I love the scene where the main character is watching Mario Bava's Black Sabbath on TV, yeah. and it's not just a reference. like That becomes a plot point in the movie, um, so that's fantastic. I I, love can, I, can I just say real quick before you get to the rest i yeah. keep waiting for the phone call from liberty university about you it's yeah. like you know your son has hair down halfway down his back and he's playing in bands around town and he's sitting around watching mario bava in the dorm room yes. we have, we have, I can't we have concerns let, yeah, let me tell you something the fact that numbers nine numbers 10 and 9 are the lighthouse and hatchet for the honeymoon <laughs> holy cow is that is that any more of a better setup for like eight through one I think it gets a little bit more conventional, maybe. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I can confirm that Liberty is not a big fan, though I did do a, a show on Friday here at Liberty, um, and it shook the entire uh, campus, I think. Um, so anyways, I love hey, Hatchet for I love you, but you have a scholarship. Don't get kicked out, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I usually keep it. I usually don't watch Mario Bava in the dorm room, though. I did watch a Bergman movie the other day. I watched The Magician in my dorm room, and I don't. Isn't think that my, is that not a masterpiece? Yeah, I love that movie, and the I don't Magician think my roommate is a masterpiece. I don't think my roommates uh, will necessarily be picking that up, but I, I tried my best, you know. Oh, I, is that one of the ones I sent you, Jackson? Yes, it is the Criterion. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, and that is for me. That is, uh, I don't even know if it's top five Bergman, but it's a masterpiece. I love that movie. Yeah. So my number eight uh, is Hellraiser from 1987. Awesome. Um, I love it's the most Lovecraftian Hellraiser movie and that it like merely hints at a larger world. Right? right. While keeping it surprisingly grounded, like the later ones, people are like, man, that's so those are so crazy. But if you read like Hitchcock, I mean, not Hitchcock, uh, Lovecraft, um, 
you know, they were very grounded with just hints at like more supernatural stuff. And that's really what Hellraiser does. And I love that. Yeah, it is. It's Hellraiser is um, hell on earth. Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is earth in hell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I love the the fact that they did that with the with the uh, with the both of those movies. You have in Hellraiser you have the you have the the demons coming to earth and hell in Hellbound Hellraiser 2 you have earth going to the demons. Yeah. I love that. I love that about both of them. Uh, yeah, Hellraiser 3, that was a piece of shit. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Hey, hey, hey. I like that movie. <laughs> all right, all right. Before it gets too ugly, I'm going to move on to my number seven. My number seven is Videodrome from 1983. Oh, wow. Cool, man. Oh, nice. David Cronenberg. A awesome. Cronenberg movie. Yeah, this is, this is a Cronenberg crash course, right? It has every single essential element of its filmography. Um, and it gets even better when you make it a double feature with Existence. Um, so you got to watch them together or don't watch Existence, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but at least watch Videodrome. I love uh, Videodrome and uh, was very surprised. This is before. I got into uh, 80s pop very surprised that the lady from Videodrome is in Blondie um, yes. <laughs> that's not, that's not what you expect. that shows her age buddy yeah. yes we all knew that yeah, I'm listening to Hanging on the Telephone. I'm like, is that is that the lady from Blonde? Is, is from, that, from Debbie Harry Harry rubbing a cigarette into yeah. her breast? Is that yeah. what? Yeah. Right. Nope. <laughs> uh, all right. My number six is Evil Dead 2. Um, which Ooh. is simultaneously, you know, in the upper echelon of three genres. It's slapstick, it's psychological horror, and it's it's a fantasy movie. Yes. Um, and uh, in this one, I love the first Evil Dead, but in this one, you know, Ash becomes what we think of as Ash, and Sam Raimi becomes Sam Raimi. So the, I love Evil Dead. He becomes Dead. the Ash in Evil Dead 2 that we follow throughout the rest of right. the franchise in, in right. Army of Darkness and in Ash versus the Evil Dead. Yeah, you know, he becomes that's cartoon becomes. Ash. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 was on my original top 10, Jackson. And that, that would have pained yes. me. Pained what me replaced it? Uh, probably Alien. Okay. Because it, 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 depends, on, it depends on my mood. I haven't yeah. watched Evil Dead 2 in a while. I'll probably revisit me like, ah, crap. Yeah, yeah. Alien is the one that, yeah, that Alien is, is Joel's sort of uh, retribution. Yeah, that's my that's my retcon. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to hear the rest of these, Jackson. This is cool. Yeah. Go ahead, my, go for it. My number five, and don't kill me, Greg. My number five, and I think you already know what it is. Uh -oh. Is nineteen forty eight Halloween. I'm breaking the, the trend here, the, the upwards uh -oh. trend. Yeah, but every single one of us had Halloween yep, in our top ten. Right. Yeah. It's my, in my top five. Uh, I mean, it's just it's cinema stripped down to the essentials. Right. There's not a second yeah. wasted. Just beautiful cinematography. It's classy. And um, the scene and where Michael Myers, he puts a knife in someone and just tilts his head at them. Yeah. Oh, and, and it holds for so long. Right. Yes, exactly. So I think patient. that's a, I think that's amazing. That's what John Carpenter did with this movie is he made us sort of. Uh, he he put us on edge as we're watching Halloween to the point that when Michael Myers finally makes his presence known, he's usually doing something horrible, but there's a, a, a sense of relief that we at least know where he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and we don't get that through a lot of the movie. We don't know where the hell he is in this yeah. film. And that's where the tension lies. I think, yeah, it's amazing that I think that all of us had Halloween in our top ten. And, and yeah. Dave, to back that up, it, depending on how the rest of his list goes, that may be the one movie that is on all of our lists. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Ready? Yeah. 
Greg, All you right. got that going for you. Yeah. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to do a wellness check, Greg. You're okay. Um, yeah, you might have to. I'm, 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 I'm hurting a bit, but I'm okay. Just, just don't ask me about the new Scream movie, okay? Don't we don't need to talk about it. Oh, yeah. Wait a second. Did you not like the new Scream movie? Oh, you you got to listen, to, you gotta listen yeah, to the Patreon episode. I listened. I heard it. I heard what this kid said. Yeah, really? I heard it too, and Pearl's hurt. She said Night Demons better be in there anyways. All right. Well, we still have You're four movies to You're not a fan of the new Scream movie. <laughs> well, you'll, you'll have to listen to the Patreon. Listen, I'll, I'll listen, listen to it. You know what? I'm a Patreon uh, subscriber. I'll listen to the Patreon. Okay. We, we covered it and the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Nice. Okay. Uh, very cool. All right. My all number right, four. Max, go. Number four is American Psycho from 2000. Wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. that, wow. Very above cool. Above Halloween. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Very so American cool. Psycho above. Christian Bale, yes. I think it's one of. Here, one second. Oh, he had to mute for a second. I think his girlfriend came into the room. Oh. <laughs> hey, we've all been there. Oh yeah, yeah. don't get kicked Actually, out. Actually, Jackie just came Jackson. down the steps. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Right. Uh, no, and what what happened? I'm recording in a room at Liberty, and somebody had to get a piano stand, uh, oh. so that's what happened. Uh, okay, American Psycho is my number four. Um, you know, one of the greatest lead performances of all time. It murders Jared Leto, and I think every movie should include that. Uh, <laughs> I think Fight Club is a lot better movie for having his face get smashed. But, um, yeah, I love American Psycho. Fantastic writing. I watched it recently. Um, so that's my number four above Halloween, believe it or not. But, uh, but yeah, it's got to be that way. Uh, nice. My number three is Black Christmas from 1974. Yeah, buddy. Oh, masterpiece. Masterpiece. I, I love it. Fantastic characters. Great use of the space, right? We really feel like we've lived in that house. Um, super creepy sound design uh, and use of the POV, and I love the early 70s Canadian fashion. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be honest, was was there anything hotter than an early... Um, Margot Kidder? Margot Kidder. I was yes. going to say, Andrea Martin? Yes. <laughs> no. Andrea Martin's not bad in this, but I think Margot Kidder might be a little it. bit ahead of her. I thought you were yeah. going to say Olivia Hussey, because that would be my <laughs> well, Olivia Hussey's Hussey pretty hot, too. Aged? Yeah, Olivia Hussey's no, pretty she's hot, never too. Aged. But she's never she aged. She's never aged. <laughs> Goodness <laughs> sakes. Oh, all right. I, all right. You've made Gilman very happy with that one, Jackson. But Good. let's hear them. I'm glad. All right. My number two will make Barely Ashley very happy. My number two is The Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, oh. So, wow. yeah, nice. Mixing it up. We, we went we went a uh, 2000s uh, horror, you know, comedy, American Psycho, then Black Christmas and the Bride of Frankenstein. So I'm, I'm trying as, to shake it up As much as I am a fan of 1931's Frankenstein, Bride yeah. of Frankenstein may be the better film. I agree. It is. You know, and I, and uh, it's always going to be the original Frankenstein for me. But Bride of Frankenstein is an amazing movie. Yeah. I think it's got two perfect scenes. Like in, in cinema, it's got two perfect scenes. It's got the creature in the cabin with the blind man. And yes. It's got Dr. Praetorius drinking in the crypt alone. Uh, and nice. I love those and, two and scenes. Then what are, and, and then the little guys in the jars. Yes, I love that. See, <laughs> see, when we covered this on the podcast, they didn't like that. But I love the little people in the jars. I think that's awesome. Uh, I've, gr- I've grown to I've grown um, I've grown to like them more. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't necessarily attached to them when I first saw the movie, but I've grown to appreciate them more. 
I mean, it's a great effect, right? For a 1935. Yeah, it that's really a great is. Absolutely. It's a great effect. So that's that's what I got for my number two and my number one is Night of the Jaws from 1975. Yes, Night oh! of the Demons is my number one. No, wow. Jaws is my number one. Uh, it's just an amazing movie. I mean, you can feel the summertime heat, right? And the splintery wood textures yeah. on, on the boat. And it's, it's, it's uh, of the, yes, I, it's Jaws just, is one. It's amazing. Yeah, a perfect movie, right? It's, it's just a perfect movie. It's and just like Evil Dead Two, it almost never got finished, right? So I think I yeah. think what we can learn from my top ten is that adversity produces the best art because like all of these, almost all of mm-hmm. these had some kind of trouble in their production at some point. I was expecting Creature yep. Black Lagoon to be in there. That's well. That's one that's like that'd be maybe number thirteen if I was making like a top fifteen. I wanted to include Universal monsters movie, so I went with Bride of Frankenstein. Um, but uh, the Gill Man will always have my heart. Not you, Joel, but I also. Oh, you will also oh have darn it! Guys, I was going to say the other thing your list probably made uh, people feel was uh, Pearl's heartbreak. When yes. you didn't include <laughs> it broke. It broke. I'm and so a surprise number zero out of my list is Night of the Demons. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the first mention of Pearl's favorite movie. Not even Greg mentioned Night of the Demons. <laughs> Just gonna come over there. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, Gilman, I don't know how much more time you I, have. I'm, probably, I'm gonna have to bail, unfortunately. I wish I could stay longer. Right. I, I wanted to make sure I heard his list, though. Yeah, I, I'm awesome. sure if you want to make any uh, parting comments, go right ahead, and we'll uh, bid you uh, adieu. Uh, my my party comment is the fact that I. And as we're sitting here and I'm listening to all your lists, I realize I'm going to retool mine again. And I, <laughs> and, and, it, and I am going to make it to where there is nothing on my list that is your usual, like, the, the gimmies, right? The psychos. The, I'm, gonna, I'm coming up with Gilman Joel's list, and it's going to be true as true to my weird predilections as Gregor Mortis is, is to his. That is my, my goal. Greg, oh, you, have, you have given me... You have given me something to shoot for, and I mean this sincerely. This is not me being snarky. I am legitimately. Is, I was absolutely amazed at no '90s horror film. I know what the way you said that. I'm like, yeah. Why the hell isn't people under the stairs on my list? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. God dang it! See, mm, hate it. Uh, this is why right you there. hate top tens. Is it it right here? You got it, Dave. One hundred percent. But you know, right. you know, I, I, Gilman. Thanks for being on. We appreciate you've been on several times. And go do your thing. And remember that the Pet Cemetery remake is better than the original. What? See you, buddy. Uh, oh anyway. <laughs> no, 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 no! Despite that, I love the, the you guys. I love this show. I love podcasting with you. And as long as you didn't say it was the uh, Black Christmas of 2019, I can forgive you. Have a good yeah. <laughs> bye, guys. See you, buddy. Take care. All righty. Well, guys. Um, let's go back and let's talk about some of these, what surprised you and, and so forth. Um, Jackson, um, you created this podcast. It was your idea, um, Mm. back, you know, many years ago. Um, you asked me, you know, what horror movie podcast you could listen to. And I was like, I don't even know of any horror movie podcast. This was like 2014, 2015. And so I Google it. And of course the first thing comes up is horror movie podcast right and and so i listened to it and i'm like yeah okay this is and that led me to land of the creeps and so forth and so and of course uh jackson you became the land of the creeps super fan kept lobbying joe bob for the silver bolo until yeah. some d-bag decided to complain oh. about it and shutter yanked it oh, um joke. 
Yeah, that, oh was, that was awesome. Gosh. Thank God I got thank God I got mine before that. <laughs> yeah, but oh, LOTC deserves it. I mean, it does. Absolutely, it does deserve it. No doubt about it. And it's it. like Shutter, you're a horror movie streaming service. Grow some gonads and just be like, <laughs> okay, you're an idiot, and you don't want your silver. Yeah, the, the, me, the, yeah the, unfortunately, one person complains. And one everyone's person. like, oh, now we're afraid. Out of the million. One person. <laughs> literally one person. And they're literally shouting this person out as a great contributor to Horde. He's like, I don't like Joe Bob's politics. So I don't want it. And and screw you. And I'm yeah, going on Twitter yeah. and ranting about it. And, and Shudder's like, oh, we can't do that. Yeah, cram it like, sideways, ugly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. But, but you know. Jackson has been pushing, you know, for LOTC to do the Silver Bowl. He's like, he pushed for the podcast. He pushed for LOTC. So, all right, Jackson, you go first. What what do you want to talk about here? Well, I was surprised by how not surprised I was, mostly, by the top tens that were presented today. I was more surprised by placement, I think, than the movies actually on the list, um, which I think you can probably say to a certain extent about mine as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It just made me feel, like, really warm and fuzzy uh, hearing these these top tens and, and thinking, and even if the movie wasn't on my list, hearing somebody else talk about it and be fond uh, you know, about it, it just memories of me watching that movie for the first time came up. So, uh, yeah, that, that was what, uh, what, why, that's really why I wanted to do this as our episode 100, because like just talking about your favorite movies of all time, uh, even if it's not on your list, it just makes you so happy that somebody else feels that way about a movie. Right. I thought when you said that you're going to make Barely Ashley happy that you were going to mention Return of the Living Dead. That's what oh, I yeah. thought. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly Return what of the Living I Dead or Puppet Master. Return of the Living Dead, yeah. 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 I didn't uh, I may, you know what? Maybe on a on a, on a top 15 or uh next year <laughs> uh, my top 10 may change, but uh yeah, I think she'll be she'll be happy send with more with Frankenstein. Yes, yeah. <laughs> set in Louisville, shot in Los Angeles, and one of the weirdest backstories. We did an episode on Return of the Living Dead with their when, when 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 you, Jackson and myself mm-hmm. were at Joe Bob's event. Yeah. And what is it, nine months ago, which is hard yeah. to believe that it's been yeah. nine months already. We had Linnea Quigley there. Yes. And the picture I wanted to have signed from her <laughs> was Return <laughs> of the Living Dead. <laughs> but my wife looked at me and said, you're not getting any naked pictures. <laughs> and they were almost all naked pictures. I don't think Linnea Quigley had more than three minutes in that movie where she was fully dressed. <laughs> uh, my my wife is she gets insanely je- like I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm like working in the yard or you know just working around the house I always have you know I'm a full-time pastor I'm a PhD student uh, but my wife's got also got two jobs and so I'm constantly running around the house trying to do things I'm getting ready to caulk a window here in about you know an hour and so I listen to podcasts and I will listen to podcasts and then I will look people up. I'm like, I don't know who that person is. You know, so they're interviewing somebody or talking. About, I don't know who that is. And I look them up and Google images will pop up some woman in a bikini. And my, <laughs> my wife's and my wife's account and I are are with their merch. She sees everything I see. And she's like, 
why were you looking up this person in a bikini? And so That's, we yeah, were right, exactly, we right. At, yeah, we were at Joe Bob stuff at the Mahoning Drive-In, and I'm looking at all these Linnea Quickly pictures, which yeah. Jackson and Dave, you can attest this. 99% of them had a post-it note over them. Post-it notes over, like, yeah. most of the picture. Yes. Yeah. Strategically placed. <laughs> yeah, strategically placed, Greg. And I'm like, strategically oh, I placed I post-it notes, yes. I can't any of these home. There's no way. No. Like, and it's funny because Jackie, was standing, Jackie yeah. was standing next to me, and I'm thinking, God, I want one of those ones with the post-it notes, but it's just not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> Yeah, and Jackson's not going to be able to post one up at Liberty University. So no, uh, <laughs> you were like, yeah, don't you want to meet? Don't you want to meet her? And I was like, well, if you meet her, you're kind of expected to buy something, right? And I don't think there's anything that, that, that I could buy. That was an amazing moment for me because of all the people I wanted to meet, Lene Quigley would be in the top five. Yeah, and when and we were standing right in that hot, steaming, whatever the hell it was, what was that? <laughs> it was like this little, this little box. Yeah, this, this this like this this cement box that we were standing in with this old popcorn and everything else, and Matt, you said, "Oh look, there's Linnea Quigley." <laughs> it's like my eyes got as wide as can be, yeah. because yeah. she was one of the top five people I always wanted to meet. And boy, does the Mahoning know how to treat a guest, right? Because yeah, right. It, uh, she was sitting oh. there with bugs and mud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrendous. And then horror, horror fan um, uh, Ryan Bratton messaged me, and he said, "Hey, I just got back from Whorehound. I met Joe Bob. The next Joe Bob's drive-in is going to be in Memphis." I'm thinking, "Oh, that'll solve the humidity and heat problem. Going to Memphis. <laughs> I mean." I'll tell you. Yeah, I, I, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that thing in the Mahoning, it was amazing because we were there. It rained, and then it was hot, and then it rained, yes. and then it was hot. Oh, Lord. It was, yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> I, it God was bless intense. the Mahoning, but yeah, it was is not an I, idea. I, I, I want to get back there. I want to see something more at the Mahoning, um, but, but yet I love that experience there. I well, yeah, was, the I experience was great. great. The, the night before that you got there, Jackson and I got to see um, Joe Bob's How Redneck Save Hollywood. Yeah, and I would have loved to seen that. that oh, was it was great, wasn't it, Jackson? Yeah, yeah, that was, I mean, that was like worth the the uh the trip alone um but uh yeah and that was it was the, you're right about the the humidity and everything i imagine the best time to go to the mahoning would probably be like december um <laughs> yeah, <something like> that. <laughs> but it was it was great that like i mean like when joe bob does his how redneck saved hollywood um let's put it this way he's not a big fan of force gump <laughs> in fact he said yeah, force gump, <laughs> yeah. and he loves sling blade he loves Sling Blade. He loves uh, Smokey and the Bandit, obviously. He loves well. Smokey and the Bandit, yes. So, yeah. but anyway, going back to a movie. And you and, let me just mention yeah. something. You and Jackson are the reason that I got a VIP because originally you had, you know, you had, you were nice enough to treat us to the event at um, at the Mahoning. And when we were going through the um, the line there, we were right behind you. My my wife and I were in the car right behind you and Jackson. And I saw you lean over. You said something to the woman at the uh, at, at you know at the yeah, at, at the reception there. Yeah. You said something to her. And when we pulled up, she gave Jackie and I VIP. Yep. Entrances. Well, it was worth. It was so. Jackson was graduating from high school. He was turning eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked him, I said, okay, what do you want 
to do. Here's what we can do this summer if you want while you're home. We can go see Motley Crue in Cincinnati, which I'm glad we didn't pull the trigger on that because they canceled it. Yeah, because of the because of the whole pandemic. Yeah, it was the pandemic, and also, as I'm sure Greg knows, Vince Neil cannot sing yeah. ABCs anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. They replaced him, right? I mean, um, yeah. once again for the second time. And I said, or we go to Joe Bob's, and here's what I'll do: I'll also buy tickets for Dave and Jackie and Greg and Pearl if they're able to attend. And he was like, within. Five seconds, Jackson messaged me back and said, I want to go to Joe Bob. I want to meet Dave. I want to meet Greg. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, I couldn't make it in Pearl. I know. On it. Ugh. I know. But Ugh. it would have been, but he just wanted to meet you guys. Yeah, and he wanted to go see Joe Bob. And so it was a great time. But it here's was. what I want to do. It was a great time. I want to I want to bring up a movie that Greg has on his list mm-hmm. that Joe Bob has brought up several times. And Martin Scorsese has brought up as one of the greatest horror movies of all time, The Ooh. Entity. Yes. Ooh, yes. Now, I know Greg you have a crush on Barbara Hershey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> talk about that. That movie is amazing. And it is supposedly based on a true story. And man, it is chilling. It is. It's loosely based for sure. But yeah, it definitely is chilling. That's what it was one of the movies as, as a younger, younger guy. I can't remember exactly yeah. what year it was. I first watched it. I just remember it petrifying me. Like that movie scared me uh, to the nip. I mean, like I was so petrified. Like I couldn't yeah. take a shower for a long time because I was afraid the shower curtain was going to grab me. You know, I was just like, this movie scared me that freaking bad. And uh-huh. the, the acting is so real. Like it feels yes. so raw and so real. You feel every emotion that Barbara Hershey's character is going through in that movie, or at least I did. So here's the thing about the entity. I've seen that movie hundreds of times, literally. Mm-hmm. And every time I watch it, it still gives me that sense of scare. Like it's that movie. And I don't get that with many movies. I don't get, you know, the rewatchability. I think Jackson, one of you said the rewatchability of this movie is high on my list because it does yeah. always give me that feeling nice. where other movies does it. This one has always stuck to me, man. And I definitely, when I went to see uh, Pearl, uh, in California back in 18. One of the things that I did want to do was I did want to go by the original house of Doris Mike. Mm. I did not make it, but uh, all my oh, major wow. is to go by the Doris Byther house. One reason I didn't too, though, I'm not going to lie, because I was like, man, I don't, <laughs> I don't want no nothing, nothing jumping up in the car. Because <laughs> we don't have to be driving down the gas pedal on the brake. Hey, guys, I gotta, I'll be right back. I got to run upstairs for one second. Go right ahead. I, I'll be right back. Go for it. You know, Greg, I mean, uh, part of the entity, if, if people haven't seen it, because it's an underseen movie, would you agree? Sure, sure absolutely, yeah. And, and, you know, not enough horror fans have seen it, um, even though I think Shout Factory did a Blu-ray. I mean, it's, but it's, and Martin Scorsese, as I said, Joe Bob has talked about how powerful it is. Um, if you're picturing it, it's like paranormal activity, but the demon is rapey. Yes, very rapey, very yeah, it's 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 really unsettling, but Barbara Hershey gives such a great performance in it. It is, and and then you got Charles Bernstein doing the music and the score yeah. when the when the actual spirit is is doing the thing. You know, it's like, and it's just oh. like, you feel it's that jarring. 
It is. It really is. And I'm sure, Jackson, have you? I'm sure you've seen the entity. Nope. Oh my God. Oh, you haven't seen the entity? Oh, nope. you haven't seen the entity. You got to okay. correct. You got to correct it. Dude. Uh, on my watch list. Oh, I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on that movie, man. I guess I'm doing a Patreon review of that one. Yes, yes, you should do the Patreon review. I'm telling you, like, I've got the book, the entity Pearl got me, and then she got me the script for it, so I had the script and all these different things. Like, I'm obsessed with that movie. Like, I love the entity that much, which is thus the reason it's in my top ten. She got me the vinyl record. I mean, so many different things of this thing. It's such an amazing soundtrack. Uh, Such a good movie, dude. Yeah, it's so well shot, and Barbara Hershey, as always, does you know delivers a great performance, and right. especially considering that, you know, she's basically a single mom, right? Yes. And she has some kind of entity, hence the title, in her home, either a demon or a ghost or whatever, that is literally sexually assaulting her all the time, like throwing her around, all this kind of stuff. And it is especially in this, you know, post Weinstein thing, it's even creepier. Absolutely. I agree. It kind of resonates now. And then you take the scenes with the physicians and the doctors trying to figure oh. out things, which is frustrating as hell. Uh, you're sitting there like, whoa, because <laughs> you, as a doctor, you would know what they're doing. I mean, clearly, you know, they think she's right. Good, so they're going to try to come up with every other diagnose set what it really is but i sit here like in my mind when i watch those scenes cringing at the uh lead i guess psychiatrist the girl uh, the guy that yeah which i'm just cringing like i want to strangle this guy so freaking much uh but it's barbara hershey like this movie is barbara hershey like period there's no need to have any other characters like it's straight wow. up her in this this entity going at it and it's freaking amazing. Uh, it, she's amazing as always. And, yes. but it's, it, uh, the, the thing is it's, you know, Dave had uh, poltergeist on his top 10, which I understand yep. why, but unlike poltergeist, mm-hmm. this is not like a middle or upper middle-class family. She's like a working class single mom. She can't get out of this place. No, it like, I mean, shoot. Well, we do spoil, but I don't necessarily. Go for it jackson but i mean this thing literally does follow her like you you're Mm -hmm. not safe away from the home either like wherever you go you know you're 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 at the mercy and the backing of this thing and that's what's so eerie too like even driving you know able to take over a car like you're like frick dude i mean wow yeah i you know one of the reasons paranormal activity freaked me out so much and i saw it on a midnight screening in columbus ohio when i was on the road yeah. and on the weekend it came out was as a pastor i don't believe in ghosts right. but i do believe in demons sure and in paranormal activity it's a demon Absolutely. and when i was watching the entity it almost seemed like that as well and it was just like oh oh i mean it was just you know because of Barbara Hershey's performance and because of the cinematography and the great editing and the musical score, you're mm-hmm. sucked in. But at the same time, because of the subject matter and what's going on, you're almost recoiling at the same time going, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's a relentless movie, and it really is. Like Pearl said, and it's one of those invisible stalker type uh, thing. Yeah. I love that the movie depicts – Barbara Hershey's character, Carla, I mean, she she fights back. She finally has enough. She's like, I've had enough. This is it. You know, I'm taking my life back. So you got that. You got special practical effects. Man, they were supervised. Check this out, Jackson, by Stan Winston himself. 
So, all right. Um, telling you, dude, this movie is so freaking good. Oh. And it should have been higher up in my list, but clearly other movies are a little bit, you know, as far as like Jaws really changed my life in a lot yes. than this movie. But at the same time, in this movie, I'm telling you, literally scared me from showers for a long period of time, dude. I'm telling you. There's a scene in there that you'll know what I'm talking uh, about. Like, yeah, I know what you're I talking about. Drop, I'm holding the shower curtain thinking, oh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't touch uh, me. I still today do not like a shower curtain touching me when I'm taking a shower. I, I despise it. If you're in the shower, you know, <laughs> freeze, air conditioner will make it blow and touch your leg. Dude, I freak out. I'm like, what the? <laughs> like, yeah. Pearl it's a <laughs> movie. It's, it's high up on my list of 1982. And 1982 had a lot of great horror movies. And you had Poltergeist, but you had The Entity, and it was way up there. And Dave, you stepped away for a minute, but like Martin Scorsese and Joe Bob Briggs have both talked about how powerful The Entity is. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yes, it is powerful. And for many of the reasons that Greg was talking about, I actually came back, I heard a lot of what Greg was saying. Yes, it is a powerful film. And um, yeah, I, I got to rewatch it again. I really do. I have to rewatch that movie. And Jack has never seen it. So, Wow. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on it. Jackson, Jack. you got it. You got to watch it. And you got to do a, you got to do a video review for Patreon, buddy. Okay, it's going to be kind of a, a rough month doing X and the I entity. Will, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will buy you the Blu-ray, buddy. I will buy it for okay. you. Get home All in right. a couple weeks. And, and by the way, for. as far as X is concerned, let me just say that I love that movie so much. It's going to take a lot to displace that as my favorite movie of 2022. Yeah. All right. Yeah, X is great, man. I love that movie. I have I have not seen it yet, though, yeah. because of the way you guys have spoken about it. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray, okay. so it's it's on the way. So I pre-ordered it as well. I, I was surprised there, but yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you own the Spice Girls movie, Dave. So yeah, um, yeah. Spice Girls. Um, what was it? Uh, the Mario Brothers? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you own Super Mario Brothers too? Okay. Well, yeah. I own Super you Mario own Brothers. Yes. You own everything. Um, all right. So we talked about the entity on Greg's list, and you guys bring up whatever you want to bring up on our lists. I right. am fascinated to hear, Jackson, why you loved Hatchet for the Honeymoon. Yeah, I I just love Hatchet. I don't know. It's 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 one that I didn't initially love. I watched it on YouTube for my Mario Bava marathon. That's a later uh, Bava too. Bava, That's a seventies Bava. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I just I I don't know. It's just over time. It's just stuck in my head. Like I love all the scenes. Like um. Just, just I don't know. The Even main character's performance is so great. Bay of Blood or yeah. Or, Black Sunday. Okay. Black Sunday. Black Sunday. Yeah. And now if you'll remember, actually, from my ranking, Black Sunday was also pretty low down my list, actually. Um, I don't know what it was. Maybe I need to rewatch it. But um, Hatch for the Honeymoon, I just love it so much. It, so many like memorable things stuck in my mind, like uh, him at the club and his his <laughs> wife is there as a ghost that nobody else can see her. And he tries to, uh, you know, pick up the girl. And I love that. I love him dumping his, his wife's ashes and she always comes back to him. I love that shot of her creeping up the stairs. 
Mm-hmm. I love the when uh, he's just murdered someone in the house and the police come in and he blames the, the screams uh, on Black Sunday, which is playing the Mario Bava movie is playing on the TV. And so the police <laughs> go back to the station and watch Black Sunday to see if there are screams <laughs> during the scene where, where he was watching. It's so great. I love it so much that that image of uh, of uh, the main character with the the uh, veil on his on his head and the the smeared lipstick with the meat cleaver in his hand, it's mm-hmm. just it's so creepy. I love that movie so much, and like the storyline, I just love the storyline so much and so much that like I said earlier, I wrote I wrote a metal song about it. Uh, so, oh, nice. um, Is it, well, you're gonna you uh, now you're gonna have to put the song on Patreon. You know that, right? yeah, sure, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and like and like you know. He plays a lot of instruments, but like Greg and I, primarily you're a bassist. That this is true. Yeah. I love that. I love that about you, Jackson. And and I do. I really enjoy Hatchet for the Honeymoon as well. And it's funny. I was looking up on my profile. I said, I know I own it. And, of course, I do own it on DVD, which is kind of a rare DVD. Man, I was putting all my movies up recently. Over the weekend, and I was like, "Man, I had to put it up in my H's." I'm like, "Ah, there's my hatchet for the honeymoon." <laughs> <I need to pull>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Jackson, is that because I get I gave you I ordered from um, Diabolic DVD like maybe two years ago the Mario Bava collection to give to you? Was it is it in that collection or it's not? No, is I that have a redemption. There's a redemption on. Um, it's, it's got a green Moore. cover. I don't know. It's a green cover. It's a box set. Oh, okay. It's not, yeah, this wasn't a box set. Uh, th- I'm yeah. talking about the Kino Lorber uh, Mario yeah. Bava collection. I, I think Hatchet from the Honeymoon is part of that. I ordered okay. a box set, and I gave it to Jackson, and so but I didn't know if it was part of that. I think that, like, Black Sunday, Black Sabbath, um, uh, Planet of the Vampires, I think, is on there. Ooh, yeah, it's, wow, it's nice. uh, Black Sunday, Girl Who Knew Too Much, uh, Black Sabbath, Kill Baby Kill. That's another favorite of mine, Kill Baby oh, Kill. Yeah. Uh, I also wrote a song about that one. Five Dolls uh, for the August Moon. For the Moon. August Moon, yep. Bay of yeah. Blood, Barren Blood, which I like Barren Blood, too. I think that's underrated. Lisa and the Devil and Rabid Dogs, which is a horror movie, but that's a great movie, Rabid Dogs. Yeah. Um, so those are the ones that are in the collection. I love all those. And honestly, ladies, the Girl Who Knew Too Much might be an honorable mention for my for my horror and i'm just saying ladies and gentlemen if you're looking to give a father of the year how many 18 year olds own a box set of mario bava films (laughs) if you're looking to give an award for son of the year how many 18 year olds have watched barren blood (laughs) (laughs) not many not many buddy oh yeah i hatchet for the honeymoon it was a surprise to me i like the film yeah um, I can't criticize you for it. I like yeah. Bay of Blood maybe a little more just because of the influence it has, especially on like Black Friday Sunday. Part two. I'd probably go Black Sunday a little yeah. more. But Hatcher for the Honeymoon is an awesome pick. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it. I love Bay of Blood, though. And, I'm you know, good. Friday 13th Part 2, I think, is the most underrated Friday 13th horror movie. Yeah. It's a great it's a great film. I I understand, Greg, why you love part three so much, because it is fun. It is so much fun. Yeah, but part two has him as what is that? What was what was that uh, Charles Pierce film? Oh, you talk about Town Town the Dreaded Sundown. Town the Dreaded Sundown. That's Jason as the Town the Dreaded Sundown. (laughs) Well, but Jackson and I have talked about this a lot and we covered the franchise, but it's like 
to me, growing up in Appalachia, and I, I, Greg, I don't remember where you grew up. I know where you ended up, but I'm not sure where you grew I know you got West Virginia roots, but. Yeah, County of North Carolina, yeah. Okay, but to me, growing up in Appalachia in northern Kentucky and southern Ohio, Jason as the redneck kind of serial killer with the overalls and, you know, all that kind of stuff, that scared the absolute squirts out of me. Yes. Yeah, and that <laughs> final scene. With uh, him uh, in that in that sort of makeshift whatever the hell it was, yeah. Um, and and uh, with the final girl and dealing, you know, with um, when, and I don't know how Friday the Thirteenth Part Two for me had the greatest final scene in any of the Friday the Thirteenth Part films, mm-hmm. and I love the yeah. first one and I love final chapter. They're my, yeah, they're, they made final, my top two hundred movies of all time. My, my argument has always been. That part three, part four, and part six are probably the most fun of the series. Sure. Yeah. For any horror fan, I think three, four, and six are just fun. They're just candy. They are just, they're just a great time. They are. But two scares the crap out of me. It's the and most it, horror of them all. Yes. Yeah, I'll agree with you. It scares the crap out of me. And we went on this entire rant. I used to own the Friday 13th novelizations. I lost him in a flood. Oh, oh shit. I know. And the guy, Simon Hawks, I think was his name, who wrote the part two novelization, actually did a great job of tying one and two together, where he argued that Jason had nearly drowned mm-hmm. and he was kind of out of it. He kind of marched out into the woods and collapsed And because the police force in 1958 was the police force, they dredged the lake, couldn't find him and said, "Eh, he drowned. We don't know where he's at. They drag his mother off screaming and kicking. They decide to send every kid home. Jason wakes up. Nobody's there. He decides his mom's abandoned him, despite the fact that he adores her. And now he just starts to live off the land. Mm hmm. And the next thing he knows when he comes into human contact is Adrian King's character killing his mom, who he still recognizes. And then Adrian King, unlike this is something that's not made clear in the movies, but it is in the script. Everybody thinks that Jason went to San Francisco. No, 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 no. Uh. She stayed at Camp Crystal Lake. When Uh. she's on the phone with her parents, she's saying, I have to stay here to deal with this. She's trying to confront her demons. She's still at Crystal Lake. Mm, and she wow. comes out to Crystal Lake in her, you know, in her car. And Jason sees her, sees the car, sees the license plate, begins going into the town every night looking for that car to find that house to get revenge. Mm. And that's how he puts it together, which I thought was genius. I love that. Yeah, and so part two just scares the crap. The fact that he doesn't look like he just stopped off, uh, stepped off of a WWE, you know. I mean, he yeah. doesn't look like a wrestler. Um, the he fact runs. that he runs, he has cardio, right? He's only he can chase you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, as much as I love part one, as much as I love Friday th- uh, the 13th from 1980 and the final chapter, I think part two might be the best of them all. I think it's the best. I'm not saying it's the most fun. 
Right. I agree with Greg. Three, four, six, you can pick as probably the most fun to watch as horror fan. I think two is the scariest. And also, I think Amy Steele is the best final girl. I I can't disagree with you. I can't disagree with you. It was back in 2017 when we we had the meetup in Utah. And it was on my birthday. It was, which happened to be in 2017, it happened to be Friday the 13th of October. That we went to uh, this this little remote theater in the center of Salt Lake City, and they were playing the first Friday the 13th and Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Mm. They were playing both of them, which was an amazing experience, getting to see both of them on the big screen. You know, we got there a little bit late for the first one. I think we showed up maybe halfway into the movie, Uh, but we were there for the entirety of the fourth but yet, all the time, I was thinking the second Friday the 13th, I would have loved to have seen that one in that same venue. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I tried to get on set. I, I mean, not on set, but I tried to get to the filming locations. Yeah. Um, I've been to the Friday 13th original filming location. I won the lottery to go. It's, a pri- it's private property. It's a Boy Scout camp. You have to enter to go. If you win, it's like 300 and some dollars. But because it's a Boy Scout camp, all the money goes to the Boy Scouts. So I won the lottery. But at that time, my wife and I were trying to save money to make sure Jackson had tuition, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, it's 300 and some dollars. Plus, I have to buy a plane ticket. Plus, I have to get two nights in a hotel. Plus, a rental car, all this kind of stuff. So I'm not sure it's worth it. My wife said, you will regret this for the rest of your life if you don't go. Go. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to the original Camp Crystal Lake, which is it's not actually that far away from you, Dave. It's in far western New Jersey, right on the West, uh, New Jersey Pennsylvania yes. border. Mm-hmm. It's way up there, and you get to spend all day there. Tom Savini was there, Adrian King was there, all that kind of stuff. You were, and you you were kind to, enough to get me a poster from that. Yes, and yeah, you get to watch the movie. As soon as the sun goes down on the beach. Oh, awesome. And so we got to do that. And it was great. I tried to go to the Friday 13th Part 2, but it's private property. I got halfway down. If you remember the movie, the little dirt road where you see like the sheriff's deputy or sheriff see Jason jump over the road. Yeah. Okay. I was driving down that. And I get to a thing that says private property, no trespassing, and it's got an arm across it. I have to drive in reverse five miles an hour at 8 o'clock at night when the sun's going down, <laughs> back down wow. that road. <laughs> okay. All right. I Look, I've been a weightlifter. I played football. I would have peed my pants if I would have yeah. saw that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's go through this. All right. Um Jackson, what movies do you want to discuss, buddy? Uh, I don't know. I'm wondering if uh, maybe uh, I'm. I'm. See, I'm surprised. I've always wondered, Dave. What is your why? Why is Evil Dead the original higher ranked for you than than Evil Dead Two? Why? It, oh, it's because it seems like usually critically acclaimed. The first time I saw the Evil Dead in 1982, I don't even remember when it was. Yeah. It was years ago. Watching that movie was, it was a traumatic experience for me. 
All right, and I'm going to explain that. You know, when you look at them film, there's a lot that happens at, in the opening moments of that movie. Yeah. You have the camera flying through the forest. You have Ash and his friends driving up to the cabin. The moment from that movie that sticks with me the most, all right, is when Ash and his friends get to that cabin and you have that swing on the porch knocking into oh yeah the wall is a boom 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 until the person walks onto the the front of that you know into the front of that cabin and then it stops in its tracks yeah for me you know everyone talks about the evil dead whenever whatever whenever anyone talks about the evil dead they talk about comedy they talk about you know action all this stuff the first Evil Dead from 1982 is neither of those. There's no comedy. Right. In that first 1982, The Evil Dead. No. There's no action in right. that first 1982, The Evil Dead. It is straight up horror. And for me, that is what I connect with. I love that movie because of that. Because of the fact that it is straight up horror. You know, because when you think of the Evil Dead, you think of Sam Raimi, you think of Bruce Campbell, you think of all of this. You think of the series and Army of Darkness and all this other stuff. You know, you're going to laugh. You're going to, you know, sort of be on the edge of your seat with the, with the action and everything. The first Evil Dead was none of that. It was straight up horror, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Yeah, you're right. And when you 2013's right. Evil Dead came out... There were several people who said, oh, it didn't have the humor of the first one. What? Bullshit. <laughs> there was no humor yeah. in the first Evil Dead from 1982. No. no. Oh, my gosh. It yeah, was straight up horror. Don't do that bullshit. I loved the remake. I thought the remake was great. I did, too. I thought the remake was a masterpiece. I thought it was great. It's one of my favorite of the 2010s. You know, I thought it was a great movie. But it didn't have the humor either. Yeah. And people criticized it for that, saying, oh, it didn't have the humor of the original Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead was not a funny movie. No, no, it no, no, no. It was a no. horror film straight up. Yeah. And, and that's done, I, was I love with that it. it was done guerrilla style. I mean, yeah. it's like when you look at guerrilla movies like Maniac and – you know, I like Maniac. I don't love Maniac. I think it's a little mean spirited. Oh, it's know. funny because I love Maniac. But anyway, I, yeah, go ahead. but <laughs> it's just, but the way it's shot is pretty conventional in guerrilla style. I admire that they did it guerrilla style and they pulled it off. But, you know, what Sam Raimi did with the Evil Dead was he did it guerrilla style. He did it like nothing that had ever been seen before. And yes. that's what I really admire. Mm hmm. And yet you know, he still scared the hell out of you. Yes. There's that scene with the cards. Oh. <laughs> when they're throwing out the cards and you have the one character sort of reading off the cards. Yeah. I don't even remember what it was. No, seven of clubs, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> yes, yes. But exactly. then something happens in that in that scene where they're, all of a sudden you're like, holy Christ. Mm -hmm. You know, what the hell am I watching here? I loved well, it. And yes, everything after that, you know, because Sam Raimi was a big fan of the Three Stooges. Yeah. 
He loved that when they got to the Evil Dead 2 and they got to Army of Darkness and they got to, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead TV series, all of which I love. I thought all of them were great. Yeah. It sort of incorporated the comedy into the horror. What, but regardless you know, of what anyone yeah. says, the first Evil Dead, 1982, there was no comedy in that damn movie. No, it, it is straight up horror. And it, and it is great, and it's innovative, and it was done for like a buck fifty. I mean, it was just done wonderfully. And the fact that, and this is amazing for Hollywood, folks. I mean, the fact that Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell have remained best friends... For all as of long these as they years. have, yes. Oh, yeah. They're still such great friends. In fact, they had a bet. If you've never read Bruce Campbell's books, which you should, his two books, his quote unquote chin books, um, and I've said this before on the podcast. Bruce Campbell said they had a bet. They said whoever gets the number one movie, here's what's going to happen: the first number one movie in the box office. Here's what's going to happen. That person gets to call all these other people, Rob Tappert, the producer, Bruce Campbell, so forth. And we get to act like the Hollywood big shot. And you've all got to play along. So <laughs> when the amazing Spider-Man hit number one, Rob Tappert and Bruce Campbell's phones ring. And they're like, yeah. And it's like, Mr. Sam Raimi's on the line. And they both went, oh, I know what's coming. <laughs> and so Sam Raimi gets on the line and goes, he gives his best, like, old-timey Hollywood director voice. Who's number one? Who's the best? Who's the king? You are Mr. Raimi. You are, sir. That's right. What are you? We're nothing, sir. That's right. You're nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you talking The Amazing Spider-Man? Or are you talking one of the ones with, um, oh, God. The, the one with, to uh, what's his name? Toby, uh, Toby McGuire. Yeah. Toby McGuire. It was that one. And so when that hit the number first, one. The first one. Is it yes. the first one or the second that one? Was, because the second the one for me is one of the greatest horror, one of the it, greatest superhero movies of all time is Spider-Man 2. It is better, but the bet was who would have the first number one movie at the box office. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And so the first Spider-Man that Sam Raimi directed hit number one. And so he calls up Rob Tappert, who had produced all the Evil Dead movies, and he calls up Bruce Campbell on a speakerphone, <laughs> and he's going, who's number one? Who's the king? Who's the king? You are Mr. Raimi. That's right. What are you? We're dirt, Mr. Raimi. That's right. That's what you are. <laughs> well, what's really cool is Bruce Raimi appeared... Did he not? It did not. Not Bruce Raimi. It, uh, Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell. Yeah, he was here in movie. those movies. But it was who would either be number one on the call sheet or who would be the director. Oh, yeah, and and those. I'll tell you what. I happened to be back in those in that time period. I happened to be. Um, I worked at a company where I was able to flex every Friday. So every Friday, I got to go to the theater to see the movies and it was for like a five, six year period. And it was during that time period where I got to see the first Spider-Man, the second Spider-Man and the third Spider-Man. Yeah. And for me, the second Spider-Man is the masterpiece of no, the three. it is. It, it's really, it good, is the but, best of the three. But the fact that Sam Raimi never went to film school, I yeah. mean, he just sat there and read through, you know, um, 
uh, all the directions for the cameras that nobody ever reads through, which he did. And yeah. he learned how to work the camera and do the Evil Dead, all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, it's just absolutely yeah. awesome. Which I agree. And Jackson, that's what you can do, buddy. Um, you know. Okay. <laughs> don't don't hold me to that standard. <laughs> uh, it's just, you get creative. You go out and you throw you know crap up on the wall and you see what yeah. sticks. I mean, it's like Wes Craven going out to do the last house on the left, based on the Virgin Spring, and you or, know or Deadly Blessing or any of those movies that Wes Craven did. Yeah, yeah, and and he's shooting them for nothing. Yeah, you know, and he's just going out there and doing that, and so. It's incredible. And, of course, Gilman, Joel, and, and, and Nightmare. And, and, and Jackson, we're not going to hold you to that, but you know what? You can do that. Yes, you can. Okay. You, you can do that, my friend. Absolutely. Mm. It, it's about I, I, taking chances and just going for it. I don't think Liberty would appreciate if I made Last House on the Left, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely be creative. Yeah. All right. Well, then, well, then make Deadly Blessing. If you're not going to make it Last House on the Left, at least make Deadly okay. Blessing. All right. There you go. The movie advertised as the uh, movie that the girl from Battlestar Galactica got naked in. Um, yeah. <laughs> basically, how it was marketed. So, all right, let's go around and wrap this up. Um, Greg, anything yep. else you what any other movies you want to talk about? Any of the surprises you saw? What do you what do you want to talk about, buddy? I mean, honestly, I think the list uh, other than, like I said, I'll say Jax's man. I loved his list. Uh, it was yeah. a little. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype or anything, but Jackson, to be honest, I mean, at, at what, 19 now, uh, yeah. I felt like, you know, it'd be a little bit more modern. So seeing that you had so much, even universal and different things, man, just warned yeah. me really well uh, that you're so yes. well first in, in classic horror, too, which is, I think, is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, most of the movies like on my list are clearly movies that, you know, everyone in the world knows about. We've talked about a billion times over. Uh, of course, Motel Hell, everybody knows my love for that movie. And yep. if you haven't, I mean, go listen to any of the shows I've been on because I'll praise it tonight. But I don't think enough people have seen, again, The Entity. I, people need That's to see that, that The Entity. need to see that one, yes. That's the one. I definitely, if, if you get anything out of this show, it is to go see what, uh, go watch yeah. The Entity. And uh, I'm really, really super curious, though, Jackson. When you do get time, I understand it don't go good with the other whatever, but when you get time to see The Entity. Man, I definitely can't wait for you to watch that movie, man. Yeah. I think it's it's going to definitely bump you up. It may make your top ten. One okay. day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's a great movie. So, yep. Dave, what about you, buddy? Well, I'm looking at my list here. I have, like I said, number ten, Poltergeist. Yeah. I saw that when I was 12 years old on the big screen. Beautiful. Uh, my friends and I went to the theater. We had no idea that it was a horror film. We didn't know what the hell a Poltergeist was. Right. You know, we had seen it because we had known of 1981 Steven Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right, right. Which right. we fell in love with. And that's why we went to the theater to see Poltergeist. We didn't know anything about, you know, Poltergeist or what it was. But yet, it blew me away to the point that I absolutely fell in love with it. And, you know, the movie that the movie on my list that I said that was replaced... I usually have The Exorcist on my list. Yeah. The movie that replaced it was Jaws. Steven wow. Spielberg's 1975 Jaws. Can't argue with that. No, because it's a masterpiece. Yeah, it really it's is. Masterpiece. It's one of those movies that I have to watch 
every single year. Funny, you know, oddly enough, the other movie I watch every single year did not make my list is Ridley Scott's 1979 Alien. Wow. Okay. I watch that movie every single year. Yeah, me too. Because I love it. I think it's a masterpiece of sci-fi horror. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's you brilliant. Know? And Jaws is right there with it. Um, of the other films, I watch uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre every year. I watch The Thing every year. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And and Nosferatu. Yeah. Uh, well, 1922's just, oh, 19, yeah. 19, uh, Nosferatu. Has there ever been a more frightening depiction of no. a vampire? No, it's terrifying. Than and- that one. We covered that. You and Jackson and I did Nosferatu and Shadow of the Vampire. Yes. Yeah. Brilliant modern. I mean, and a uh, great double feature. So it is. No. If you want to, and, and that is a great double feature. Absolutely. Watch Nosferatu and watch 2000's Shadow of the Vampire. Yeah. With John Malkovich, Willem Dafoe, and produced by Nicolas Cage, who my brother, you know, my own brother said, John Malkovich, Willem Dafoe, and Nicolas Cage are the three creepiest son of a bitches he's ever heard of. <laughs> I agree. And so I, he, this movie uh-oh. stars two of them and was produced by one of them. I, so check it out. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you can go check out our podcast on that. On, on the Jaws thing, uh, one of my brother's clients when we um, I was working for his music publishing company, was a guy named Tom Snow. Tom Snow was neighbors in Martha's Vineyard because after Jaws, despite all that, Steven Spielberg bought a house in Martha's Vineyard and he bought wow. it next to songwriter that Brian and I represented Tom Snow. They became friends and that's how I got to meet Steven Spielberg. Tom said, if he ever stops by, I'll call you because he'll call me every once in a while to check in, but just don't geek out. Don't I was like, I get it. I get it. And so I got to meet Steven Spielberg and I walked up and, and Tom introduced me, said, this is Matt. He wants to make movies. And um, Steve was like, oh, great. That's fantastic. I said, well, yeah, well, Mr. Spielberg, one of the movies that you know, made me want to make films is Jaws. And he goes, oh, and I meant like, all oh, right, great. Well, you know what? It's very funny because you mentioned that there's a documentary out there called directed by John Ford. Yeah. <laughs> and Steven Spielberg as a teenager Met John Ford. Oh, I didn't know that. That great director of movies like The Searchers and, you know, all all these great movies that he made over the years, um, you know, with John Ford. That Steven Spielberg happened to walk into John Ford's office, you know, in this documentary. And he said, you know, uh, John Ford gave him some advice. He said, oh, you want to make pictures? Well, go over to these, and John Ford had all of these paintings on the wall, these Western landscapes. Mm-hmm. And he said to Steven Spielberg, uh, point to the horizon in both of them. You know, and Steven Spielberg, you know, describe, you know, he said to Steven Spielberg, describe these films, describe these pictures you're seeing. Right. And Spielberg said, oh, well, in this one, there's this one. He goes, no, bullshit, point to the horizon. <laughs> so Spielberg pointed to the horizon in this one. He pointed to the horizon in the other one. He said, yes. What you have to know is when you're making a movie, the horizon does not have to be in the center of the frame. It can be at the bottom. It can be at the top. It doesn't matter. Now, get the hell out of here. 
because I want to, <laughs> I want to relax. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And yeah. that, and I saw that in the, in the movie directed by John Ford. If you ever oh, get a chance I, to see that, it's amazing. It's a great documentary. I, I will look that up because that's, that's incredible. So Jackson, what about you? Closing thoughts, buddy? I think we've covered everything. I'm just, and we're so far away from the list now that uh, my sleep-deprived brain has forgotten everything. But uh, <laughs> but I will say that this was this was very fun, and it was this is my favorite part of the podcast. Not even the top tens, but talking about the top tens is my yeah. favorite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Well, buddy, you turn nineteen on June twelfth. That's right. Wow. And coming up. You, you're you're one to talk about birthdays. You got one coming up next week. Yeah, fifty. I'm not happy wow. about it, but uh, yeah. Well, 50, everybody, but... everybody, remember on the thirtieth, sing happy birthday. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank and that's you. funny. Because Greg, your your fiftieth is coming up soon too, right? Thirtieth of May. Thirtieth <laughs> of May. All right. Nice. Yeah, we were born a month apart, buddy. <laughs> no, am, I, am I the only one of the four of us who was born in the sixties? Yes. Yep. <laughs> October of 1969. That Greg is and I were born in 72, right, Greg? Yes, sir. Yep. And Jackson was born in 2003. <laughs> wow. In Ithaca, New York. I was right there, and uh, I remember. And um, I remember that when his doctor came in to see him, he was pushing himself up like a push-up. And the doctor said, that's a strong baby right there. That's awesome. Yep. I was training. I was getting ready to be a horror <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, all right. I, I feel like this is redundant, but we'll do it. Um, Greg, where can they find you online, buddy? Uh, of course, Land of the Creeps. Uh, dot, yes. uh, Land of the com. if you want to check out the podcast, all your local areas there like spotify all that you can see it uh, if, you, if you've just started listening in the last like five years go back and listen to all the early episodes with haddonfield and everyone it's great thank you sir yeah, yeah. that's a great host for sure uh so yeah land the creeps and then you can email me anytime greg amortis 666 at com. uh it's great g-r-e-g-a-m-o-r-t-i-s 666 at com. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all them good places. Letterbox, wherever I get over there. <laughs> I try, but I'm not as good as I should be. But anyways, I do get there once in a blue moon. Uh, we did do Primal Rage movie watch last night when I rated that one. <laughs> freaking nine. If you've never seen Primal Rage. Oh, Holy Wait a second. Is that the one with um, so Edward Norton? Bad. It is so brutal. Come on, Matt, dude. There's like a job. Is that the one with Edward Norton? Is that the one I'm thinking of? No, 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 This is a Bigfoot movie, and the Bigfoot. Oh, Bigfoot! Has like a bow and arrow. I mean, the bow and arrow uses a hatchet. He uses a. Wow. He's like he's like stealth. He's like Rambo. Oh my gosh! I love that, but I'm a big Bigfoot fan. I'm surprised Bigfoot didn't make one of my top tens. Not that one, but a Bigfoot movie. Didn't you? Didn't yeah? You didn't have the Legend of Boggy Creek on there. Uh, uh, <laughs> or or the uh, Seven Million Dollar Man. Well, uh, yeah. Where, where, uh, what was it? Uh, Andre the Giant playing yeah. Uh, Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I would dare say before we end that that I gotta say Pearl wanted me to tell you, Matt, happy birthday. 
And yes. Jackson, happy early birthday as well. And uh, happy, 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 happy birthday, birthday to you as well, Greg. Well, thank you. But, yeah, you can cool. just follow me all them places. Check us out at Land of Creeps. And, man, I got to say, Matt Jackson, once again, congratulations on 100. Uh, it's such a big milestone. I hope to see a 1,000 million more of those. Uh, so, man, congratulations, dude. Like, love the show. Love you guys. Yes. And thank, thank you, buddy. Yeah. We love you. And so, Dave, about you. All right. Well, uh, Christ, I got to go through my plugs now. Um, uh, I can do it for you if you want, because I've got them memorized. I mean, I, I got I have dvinfatuation.com. Yep. My my own personal uh, podcast. Uh, we're both Jackson and Matt. Yeah, have been guests in the past. Actually, Matt, more recently. Yep. With our John Wayne episode. We've both um, been on Planet of the Creeps as well. And so. Yeah. Absolutely, Jackson was and, on the Godzilla episode, and I was on the Hitchcock episode. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And landofthecreeps.com. Yep. Uh, with Greg and my and Bill, and um, just a fun epi- you know, fun podcast. Um, I have the Illustrated Fan with Nathan yep. Bartleball on his Great. Phantom Galaxy, where we look at animated films, and um, of course, our movie podcast. Uh, there hasn't been a lot recently, but uh, what we've done has been a lot of fun with uh, with uh, um, Wolfman Josh. Always, am- yeah, always amazing. <laughs> Yep. And uh, Jackson, where can they find you online, buddy? Uh, you can find me uh, on all the podcasts mentioned already, but also uh, Kane underscore Hero 12 on Twitter. That's K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. You can find my yep. letterboxed and YouTube from there. Um, but yeah, one of my fondest podcasting memories is being on the DVD Infatuation podcast. That was yes. so much fun. Oh, that was great. Yes, that and, was so much fun. And the Godzilla episode of Land of the Creeps, yeah. talking about Destoroya. That was, that was so much fun. <laughs> so yeah check that out <laughs> on the patreon i got a x video review coming up and if i uh watch the entity this month i guess i'm doing that i'll do a video review as there well so uh oh. if you're if you're looking for a uh a creepy kind of uh psychosexual uh double feature i guess you can watch x and uh, the entity back to back but uh but yeah that's what i got going on and uh yeah, check that out and awesome I'm going to put you right on spot. You haven't responded to what you want for your birthday. so. Oh, boy. Well, uh, I would like for my birthday um, the well wishes of everyone in the horror community. Oh, and general, oh, oh come on. No. Peace and love and the end of world hunger. I'm and- willing to spend some money. Come on. You got to. All right. Well, you and Greg can talk offline about what you need for, you know, to play bass on, you know, in person. So, um, and, but anyway, I'm on Twitter and Letterboxd as Pastor Matt R. And you can find more of us at Father and Son at Horror at Twitter. And we have a closed Facebook group, just like Greg, you say all the time, because I get all kinds of requests to be on our Facebook group, but you got to let us know who you are, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not, and I know you're not either, Matt. I'm. I don't have the time to, you know, deal with bots and all these weird right. accounts. You know, <laughs> I need to know who you are, man. Just send us a message that anybody. says we listen to the podcast, yeah, right? Absolutely, I don't mind adding you. 
but I'm just not adding everybody because I'm not dealing with the drama of all that crap. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you, brother. Brother. So we also have a Patreon page with all the proceeds going to helping Jackson to get through film school. And you can become a member for as little as $2.50 a month. You have access to special podcasts. You can suggest movies. You can be on the podcast. And you can vote in our horror Oscars. Speaking of which, Jackson, what is our next episode? What's 101? Well, I'm very excited. We're finally going to see the culmination of all the polls that we've been putting up uh, as the weeks have gone by. It's very close. Have you have you seen the polls? Some of them are tied. I have. Yes, yeah, some of them are tied. Very surprising. Yeah. Which is uh, that's going to be you know down to the wire. Very nerve wracking to see which way that goes. So uh, hey, stay Brian tuned for that. Scott, yeah. is he not going to be part of that? He is. Yes, Brian he's going to be our Scott guest presenter. presenter. Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Very so, cool. Very excited about that. Let me just uh, mention, Brian Scott is going to be. My next guest on DVD Infatuation. Nice. Uh, he's yes. such an awesome dude. Yeah. He so is. He's smart. great. So he, he's such a great guy. And so, yeah, Jackson and I want to have a different Patreon supporter on to be a presenter every, you know, when we do our horror Oscars. And so this year is Brian Scott. We can't wait to have him on again. And the guy is he's one of the sweetest guys in the world but he doesn't he is and he's and he's very he's very uh intelligent you oh, know I he really is he's, he's he does he's very... not back down from his opinion his yes. opinion is his opinion yeah i yes. love and and the dvd infatuation we're going to be talking about um and we have another episode with nathan bartleball that's going to be released first but the one after that is going to be me and brian scott talking 80s comedies Oh, I'm so jealous. And I can't so wait. Jealous. And he's come up. I, I sent him my list. And I, I know you both, you, um, Matt and and, uh, and uh, Jackson, you know, I sent you my lists of what are my top 10. I sent them to Brian and he said, oh, it's great. There's no crossover. <laughs> From your top 10 to my top 10, there's no wow. crossover whatsoever. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. So I'm looking forward to it. He's such a sharp guy. I can't wait to hear yes, that. Yes, he really uh, is. That is awesome. So, all right. Well, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for 100 episodes. Wow. Jackson, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye and mark your calendars for episode 200 in 2025. Meet us back here. <laughs> uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing it then. Pretty much be the same kind of, we'll be running the same show. But, uh, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Very All cool. right, folks, thanks for listening. And remember, the family that watches Horde together slays together. See you next time. Once again, I want to thank our Patreon supporters who make this podcast possible. Billy D, Greg Russell, Stefan Sitter, Raul Rivera, Ryan Bratton, Greg and Pearl from Land of the Creeps, James McFeeders, Ian West, Ashley Pinkert, Ian Urza, Brian Scott, Dan George, Dave Becker, Kevin Corpy, Jonathan Edge, Blake Pops, Joel Robertson, Amy Swan, Trey Whetstone, and Greg Bench. Thank you all so much. Thank you for the continued support. Once again, you make this podcast possible, and I'm eternally grateful.
you're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.